Welcome everyone, I'm your host Kylie Render and you're listening to the Farmer Story Podcast. Alrighty, welcome back everyone to the Farmer Story Podcast. This is the third episode in our Here by the Owl series featuring ag advisors and educators and why they are so important to the sustainability of the agriculture industry. Today we have the honor of interviewing Mr. Jim Rose, who is the Montana FFA State Advisor. So thank you so much for being on the show. Great to be here. Yeah, so we're going to get right into kind of talking about how you got into teaching, what that looks like for you. So obviously your model of quote-unquote teaching is a little different because you are not an ag teacher at this point. Were you an ag teacher in the past or how did you kind of get into this part where you're now the state advisor for Montana FFA? Well, it's not a long story. I was an agriculture education instructor in what first of all started out as Clyde Park Mm -hmm. High School. And then uh, we consolidated with Wellsall in 1991, in which became Shields Valley High School. And I was the agriculture then in those two schools for 31 years. I retired and uh, took a job as a ranch manager down south of Ennis for a year and got several calls when the position as a state FFA advisor opened up and some people called and said, you better apply for this. So (laughs) I did. And here I am. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. 31 years. That's an impressive amount of time to be teaching. Well, Um, especially in one location, you don't find many people anymore that stay in one spot for that long. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure they appreciated you being there and I'm sure the program changed a lot and morphed and became different things as you were there. So obviously you taught for a long time. What inspired you to begin that journey to teaching agriculture? Well, you know, a lot of times people get into education from a coaching, you know, they want to coach. And to be honest with you, I I was one of those, Mm -hmm. which I did for all 31 years. I coached at multiple levels. I mean, like junior high or the JV level or the varsity Mm -hmm. level too. And so that was, that was the one reason I got into education. The Agriculture education, that's a little bit different story. I had a background in agriculture, and so it became a kind of something that I had a very, you know, a certain amount of interest in. Mm-hmm. And so between those two things, I guess that's what drove me to ag education and teaching in general. Yeah. So did you grow up kind of in an ag environment, or is that something you kind of found later? No, I grew up in an ag environment. We had two small ranches near Sims. I went to high school in Cascade, however, and Cascade at that time, and for a considerable amount of time after, it was probably the premier program in the state for a number of years. Oh, wow. And that program had a pretty significant impact on a lot of students. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what programs like that can do in students' lives, and then those students come back and make a difference and all that kind of stuff. So. Was there anyone or any one thing specifically that inspired you to want to either get into teaching or become the state advisor? A lot of times, as you'll find out in your life, a lot of times it's circumstances, it's situations, Mm -hmm. things that just come up and just the uh, being at the right place at the right time a lot of times. And like I say, the circumstance thing is probably as much of anything as I guess I could put my finger on. Yeah, it's amazing how some of those things just work out in our favor. So you were at at the same program, like you said, for 31 years. Mm -hmm. What is some of the things that you think that you did that made that program successful or things that 
you thought were done well while you were there for those 31 years? Everybody likes to brag on themselves, but uh, <laughs> I would say that throughout my entire career, we had awesome, awesome kids. And that made a huge impact on, you know, my ability as a teacher and my ability to inspire, motivate, or whatever it is. When you have good kids, you can do a lot of good things. We had kids early on, however, that were really motivated and really anxious to get involved in FFA and agriculture in general. And so it just built on one thing after another, after another. Perhaps the biggest thing, if I had to put my finger on one specific thing, I would say expectation Mm -hmm. that I had. You know, if you expect kids to do well, they don't really want to let you down. Yeah. And if you just go, well, you know, if you just show up and it'll all be okay and we'll just go there and do this and that and we'll come home and things will be good, that's all you're going to get is kind of a mediocre effort there. Yeah. And so the expectation that uh, was set, I think, is probably the biggest thing that drove the program to the success we had. Yeah, that's super important. I think, you know, you want your students to do well, but you have to show them that it's important to you that they do yeah. well too. I think that's a a great piece of advice. Students coming into your class, did they have little to no some agriculture or a lot of agriculture knowledge? You know, early on, I would say a lot. You know, Clyde Park was, you know, that area over there in the Shields Valley is still pretty rural. However, they're Mm -hmm. starting to feel a little push now, you know, from the Bozeman area. But the further back we went, I said, well, now it's been, uh, well, I started in 1983. Mm -hmm. And that time, there wasn't much else going on in Clyde Park except agriculture. So yeah. like I said, I, I would say it was very, very agricultural based. And, you know, if we were to look at that community now, almost 40 years later, I wouldn't say that it's that. I would say it's maybe a quarter to a third of students there have a good agricultural base, but, you know, two thirds probably don't. Yeah, which is crazy how things like that change over time. I think that's a trend in a lot of areas, Sure, especially here in Montana. There's a lot of more development and there's less agriculture in certain areas. So with that in mind, you know, you have a a class where two thirds of them don't have that background. What do you think is the most important topic or important way to convey agriculture education to those students? Oftentimes, it seems like schools get off on tangents. And what I mean by that is they get going down one road, whether that might be urban agriculture, whether that might be horticulture, Mm -hmm. whether that might be whatever it is that they get going down. But probably the thing I would say is to answer your question um, would be have a a well-rounded program. Kids don't know what they don't know. I mean, if they have never had any exposure experience with animal science or soil science or plant science or whatever, They don't know that maybe that's something that they'd be really interested in or that it's important for them to understand. So I think having a well-rounded program is probably the best scenario for high school kids at this in the age that we're in right now. I completely agree. I think that's a good point. Do you think that there is less ag education in the U.S. than there should be? Or do you think that we're kind of at a good spot? You know, agriculture education in in the state of Montana has grown dramatically in the last probably 10 years. We had nine new chapters this year alone. And the trend is happening that way nationwide, too. 
the numbers are increasing dramatically. We're over 800,000 FFA members in the United States, yeah. which is a pretty significant number. It's the highest we've ever been, but there's always room for more. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that people can understand agriculture, where their food comes from, water is going to become a, a bigger issue as we move forward, especially in the Southwest and other parts of the United States. And so just an understanding, I think, is important for any citizen or any student you know, in the United yeah. States. Yeah, it's a super important topic because it affects all of our lives. Sure. You said you have we have 800,000 FFA members nationwide. What do you think for, you know, us as, you know, speaking for FFA alumni and FFA students now, what is the best way to reach more people with that important ag information? Well, I think the involvement, you mentioned the word alumni. I think it's important that uh, the alumni people that are out there or people of you know, marrying age and childbearing age and so on. I think it's important maybe that they look very strongly at getting their own children involved in, you know, agriculture education classes, because I think that will promote the industry and also give them an insight to, you know, where their food comes from. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. So obviously what you do now is a little different than traditional teaching. You are the state advisor, you work with the state officers, you oversee a lot of the FFA things. Just tell me a little bit about that and what that looks like for you guys and how you guys work to impact agriculture. Perhaps the biggest way we impact agriculture is through the students. We do a lot of training with our state officers, and consequently, then we send them out to be representatives for the agricultural industry and for Mm -hmm. the Montana FFA Association. They conduct leadership workshops. They conduct chapter visits. They uh, serve as spokespeople. They meet with sponsors, donors, things like that in agriculture across the state. So that's probably from this position in my office, that's probably the biggest way that we're able to have impact statewide. Yeah, because it can be. I mean, every year you have a group of students and then it just piles onto itself if all of them are doing what, you know, like you said, going out and being representatives for the FFA Association. You know, you've had a lot of students, obviously, in 31 years, plus all of your state officers. What's some of the impact that you've seen ag education have on students or FFA? There's an old saying, there's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know. But the what you know, I think, is important to get to interacting to who you know. That's an important consideration with all of the students that I've been involved with, is offering them the experiences and opportunities to be able to interact with the who you knows out there in the uh, egg industry, which allows them to be being able to contribute, whether it be through their employment or be in leadership positions or whatever. Yeah. I think FFA is so well-rounded as far as all the things that you practice and learn in your time there. I'm assuming that you were an FFA student at some point. Am I correct in saying that? I was. So I would like to talk a little bit about your experience in FFA too, because it probably looks a little different than what our FFA looks like now. Would you just talk a little bit about what you did in your time in FFA? You know, we had a, just like most programs go through ups and downs. And probably halfway through my high school years, we had a new teacher come in and that new teacher then it like most new teachers, it usually takes them about, oh, probably five to six years to get a pretty good handle on things. Yeah. And consequently, a lot of teachers in their first few years, they focus on what they know. And the teacher I had in high school initially 
was based in plant science and range Mm -hmm. management. And consequently, we focused a lot of time on that. At the same time, though, there was only about five to six different events that we could participate in. We always now, in years ago, we've always referred to them as the big five. Mm -hmm. And that would be uh, agronomy, farm management, livestock. Oh, I'm missing. What? How many did I get there? (laughs) I think that was three. You said three. um, Livestock, farm management, agronomy. Yeah. Mechanics. And I'm missing one. My point to that is that now if we look at today's egg education, we have about 22 different events students can participate in. So at the time I was an FFA member in high school, we had, like I say, those five to six events. And so we were somewhat limited, Mm -hmm. I would say, but also uh, a lot of students get involved in certain areas based on their teacher's interests. Yeah, I think it's definitely true. What parts of your FFA experience impacts how you communicate and how you run the state officers now? It's probably probably a better question would have been, how did my maybe early career or my early experiences in the ag classroom impact Mm -hmm. my teaching? Mm -hmm. And I would say going back to what I mentioned earlier, the expectation was a big factor. My advisor in high school had very high expectations for all of his students. And that impacted, you know, the way I dealt with that when I was teaching. In regards to state office as my position as the state advisor, I don't think there was maybe a whole lot in there because it's such a different thing that we do in this position than what I did as teaching and or as a student. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely different than teaching for sure. Yeah. So, We're kind of getting towards the end of the interview. We've discussed, obviously, your FFA career, all of those kinds of things. So I always, at the end of the interview, ask the same three questions. What is your motivation for teaching and or what you do now or your why for why you do it? I think just watching students excel. And that was, I guess, my motivation when I was teaching. And now it's probably watching, in this case, state officers grow. When they come in, they're pretty green. And by the end of the year, they're a lot more mature, a lot more focused, a lot more driven. And they've experienced a lot of things that have um, allowed them to go down different, maybe career paths. Maybe some of them changed career paths that they're going to do or strengthen the idea and reinforce the idea of what they've always wanted to do. Yeah. The second question is, what is your vision for the future of either ag education in general or Montana State FFA or Montana Agriculture Education? Yeah, we have a large number of students right now. We're about 6,500 students. And, you know, I think uh, somebody in my position here, the goal would always be to increase those numbers. We also have 109 chapters now across the uh, state. And there's been a resurgence of schools I just went and talked to a school here about a week ago about starting an egg ed program there. So also increasing the number of chapters in the state mm-hmm. would also be a, a great thing. I would say that's probably the biggest focus. Right now, we are going to hold our 93rd state FFA convention. So FFA in Montana has been around for 93 years. Yeah. And by that 100th year, it would be nice to have you know, 7,500 members and maybe 125 chapters. Whether that's doable or not, I don't know, but that's (laughs) a 
be asked about a goal, that would be a good goal, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an awesome goal. I think that would be so great. And, you know, the more chapters and more ag educators and more students, I think that's always such a wonderful thing. So my last question to you would be, what advice would you give either to your younger self starting out teaching or current ag teachers? Well, that's a tough one because, you know, a lot of these ag teachers are I shouldn't say a lot. We're getting more and more egg teachers in from out of state. We're getting, I would say, non-traditional type students. I mean, students that are not coming from the egg ed back or the egg background, coming into egg education and those kind of things. So the demographics of our egg teachers are changing uh, significantly. I would say just don't be too hard on yourself mm-hmm. and give it, you know, I mentioned before that five to six years, give it five years to really expose yourself to the opportunities that are available and what you can do as a professional in the teaching and ag education world. You know, hang in there and like I say, don't be too hard on yourselves and things will work out and you'll find your niche in the ag ed world. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. So thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great and I hope that we can talk again soon. Sounds great, Kylie. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Farmer's Story podcast. Other episodes can be accessed on all major streaming platforms, or you can check out our website at thefarmersstory.com. If you would like to contact me directly, if you have a question or would like to be on the show, you can email me at kylierender at thefarmersstory.com. All this information will be in the show notes below. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.